You are listening to Concert Blast. Here are some clips from this show of Concert Blast. I don't know what happened. I remember <laughs> Jeff saying, boy, it'd be horrible if we lost our brakes. And whoosh, we're off. We're going down California Street. It was like something out of an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. It was 5.30, 6 o'clock rush hour traffic, you know, San Francisco. And we're going down these hills in a bus that won't stop hitting cars and stuff all the way down. One used to jump off the risers real high in the air. And we were on a, like, it was a 10-foot stage. But this one time he overshot it. And he went flying it off the stage. <laughs> it was the, the god awful worst sound you ever heard because the guitar was too long. Ring, 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 what we would do, we would take these records to a thing that was called in those days a record store. A record store. This is where the story is completely and totally unbelievable. What you would do back in the olden days, back in the ancient times, you would actually buy the record with a thing called money. I was right in front of Warner, and that boy was sweating his ears off. He was he was earning his money. He dropped five pounds tonight, I guarantee it. Slinging the guitar around his neck, around his shoulders. He was scaring me every time he slung that thing. I was going, yeah. You were ducking, weren't you? Uh, yeah, I was ducking, man. And I showed James. I said, you see how close he came to me? I said, yeah, he was about four inches from my face with his guitar. Concert Blast. Hi folks, this is Jason the Scorchers. I'm Jason. Hey, and I'm Warner Hodges, and you're listening to Concert Blast. Well, a bang for clothes and more to yesterday. You left me here without a thing to say, but if I'm running out, I wish you'd speak to me. Because I need the conversations plain to say. But I watched you leave as if I didn't see. But deep inside it was a kill Hi and welcome to Concert Blast. This is Mike Arnold along with James Downing. And Brian Hasbrook is here, but he's on the far side of the stage. We're at the cannery, the Mercy Lounge, upstairs at the cannery. We are waiting for a fun time tonight with Jason and the Scorchers. I'm looking forward to this show. I haven't seen them in quite a while, and I know Brian is. Because he's one says, I cannot wait for this night. He says, if we don't get credentials, I'm going anyway. And I said, I'm behind you. Well, if y'all buy tickets, I know it's going to be a pretty good show. Yeah. Well, James, you're not that familiar with Jason and the Scorchers, are you? No, just stuff I've listened to in the past couple weeks. What do you think so far? Love it. Wait till you see these guys going nuts on stage. I'll be surprised if they don't run into each other. Yeah, it's a small stage. If they, if they run around like you say they do, they'll have to. <laughs> They're going to have a good time tonight, and I know we are too. The place is starting to get packed up here. I just found out from their management that there's not going to be an opening act. We're going to have artist Stacy Collins.
Collins come in halfway through the show to do a little segment. And then we've got another surprise guest, Dan Baird from the Georgia Satellites. He's going to fill in with a couple of songs, and he's going to pitch in to help his guitar licks along with Jason and the Scorchers. It's going to be a fun night, I'm telling you. i tell you what else is fun. Before all this started, during the sound check, Brian, James, and I had the privilege and the opportunity to interview Jason and Warner from the Scorchers. Actually, James took the pictures while Brian and I did the talking. And actually, I did most of the talking, like I usually do. You're good at what you do. <laughs> but anyway, here we go. This is the interview with Jason and Warner. I've been a big fan of you guys ever since the night that, Jason, you climbed in front of, I think, Cats Records, the big billboard at the top there. What well, was in the early 80s, wasn't it? Well, there was two shows, one in 83 and one in 85. I hung, both times hung the flag, actually. So you climbed up the billboard. Mm-hmm. How high was that? High enough to scare the living bejesus out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was about 90 feet in the air, it seemed like, and I said... What's he doing? Going for it, dude. Yeah, Going and that was it. a great show, by the way. And I think it got you a lot of recognition. The record companies are coming to you, you guys, and saying, we want you. And then there was a little battle about that, was that right? Yeah, we went to Los Angeles to get uh, our recording contracts. We tried in New York. Of course, we knocked around Nashville, never had any luck there. But uh, we tried a little bit in New York, and then we went to L.A. with it, and it was just instantly it broke open. We had several offers, all in the space of two weeks. Were they more accepting of your kind of music than Nashville was? Did Nashville try to box you guys in? or No, I don't think it was a particular thing about Nashville not accepting our music. It was a question of record companies. The record companies didn't exist in town at that time to do a band like the Scorchers. But the, the people liked, loved us here from the start. We never yeah, had any We problems. always had a great fan base here. I think the, Na- the Nashville music machine, there was just nowhere for us to fit in. I also remember everybody wanted to know what you were doing, Warner, because you were a great guitarist from the very beginning and everybody wanted to know what band you were in was it your band that you started and you got him in the band is that what it was well sort of i mean we had a completely different version of the band i just came in to get town and put together whoever i could get to get in front of people that was the idea warner saw it started knocking on the door the only problem was that the drummer we had at the time said, I'll play with anybody in this town except Warner Hodges and Jeff Johnson. That's what he said. <laughs> Those are the two guys that ended up in the band. <laughs> That's funny. Perry was the drummer at that time, right? He was. Perry replaced that guy. Perry yeah. replaced that guy. <laughs> there you go. We did a show in Murfreesboro with Warner and Jeff. I, I taught the guy into trying it once. I said, man, just try it. It's going to yeah. be great. you know. And he said, well, maybe Jeff alone I would work with. Maybe Warner alone I would work with. But both of them together, it's never going to work. It's not going to work. I said, just try it one game. Where it's booked, you make some money, do it. So he did it. And we came off the stage. We thought it was the greatest, it was the the greatest world. thing we'd ever done. <laughs> right. Both me, Warner, and Jeff. And he hated it. He goes, that's the worst thing I've ever played on. I'm quitting. Really? <laughs> yes. yeah. God only knows, man. We, we kind of we thought we were heading in the right direction with it. You know? What venue was this? KO Jams. KO Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember that. I remember Cantrell's, of course. Actually, I saw the DBs there once. Oh, yeah. And I, I loved them. And when they came off the stage after the show was over there, out there talking to me, and they, you know what they said to me? They said, hey, it was packed tonight. Can, can Jason and the Scorchers put that many people in there? I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid so. He said, I knew it. <laughs> you released a record, and I saw you guys on an HBO special. With REM and some more people. Showtime. Oh, Showtime special. Rock of the 80s, I think that was called, yeah. 
these guys are really getting somewhere. This is amazing. This is Nashville people doing this. I love it. I'll never forget that show, the the guys in the Human League. I remember why it was the first time I'd ever seen the pre-recorded music thing. Mm. The whole idea behind that show was you had to be able to play live, you know. And the Human League, it was all a taped thing that nobody in the band played an instrument. <laughs> and I remember watching the, the the keyboard guy going, "You don't understand. They they don't." play you know and trying to figure that out it was you know it was, i just didn't get how they you know, it was all a pantomime thing you succeeded here and you ended up overseas somehow how did that all happen well emi emi got us overseas in the early days of the fervor release and it worked for us pretty well in europe a little better than it did here i think and so we ended up playing there a lot to this day we still play We've been to Europe twice this year. Really? Now seen some uh, footage of you playing even solo over there, is that right? In Germany, you know. Yeah, I played all over Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Jason plays a lot of shows. Yeah? yeah. So you, you keep playing without these guys, huh? I just love to play. You, know. <laughs> so you just get on the road, huh? Oh, he's, he's worked hard, too, dude. He's earned everything he's got. Uh, let me tell you, this last album is like breath of fresh air. I mean, it was like, oh, man, they, they get it all back together now. Mona Lee is awesome. I love that song. What's some of your favorites besides that one? That's got to be one. Is it one? I love them all. Yeah. You know, I was talking to somebody about it today. He was talking about the quote-unquote success of the record. To me, the record was a success the day we mastered it and had a completed record because a year and a half ago, we didn't think we'd ever have a record. A mastered, done deal that we really dig. I love them all. I love every song on the record. I don't really have a favorite. That I think of that whole thing as one big, it was all done really fast. You know, from the first song Jason presented to it being done was a very rapid pace, very rapid creativity period for the band. The two new guys brought all kinds of great stuff. The songwriters that we brought in to help us. It was a spectacular. You brought in Dan Baird to help you, right? Danny Baird and Ginger from the Wild oh, yeah, Ginger, Hearts. Yeah. Tommy Womack, Richard Fagan, Artie Hill, Jason. Wow. I mean, there were some serious guys involved in the writing aspect. And it was really cool to watch it go down on a daily basis. It was pretty cool. And it's incredible also how it all came about. And someone going to let you use their studio... Deb and Jason were having a meeting trying to figure out how to tell me it wasn't going to happen, and Ocean Way fell in our laps while they're having lunch trying to figure out how to tell me we can't do it. Every time we hit a roadblock, some wonderful thing happened. It's like, no, it's not a roadblock. It's just another opportunity over and over and over and over. It was supposed to happen. Think about this now. Y'all been on the road so much. Y'all got all kinds of stories. I know y'all got some fun road stories to share to our listening audience. To our family oriented. <laughs> I think I read one time a long time ago you were in San Francisco going down a hill. Now, let's talk about that. You're laughing already. No, I don't know what happened. I remember <laughs> Jeff saying, Boy, it'd be horrible if we lost our brakes. And whoosh, we're off. We're going down California Street. No, I don't know if he didn't have the bus in gear or what. You know, but it it was like something out of an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. It was five thirty six o'clock rush hour traffic, you know, San Francisco. And we're going down these hills in a bus that won't stop hitting cars and stuff all the way down. It took him three or four blocks of flat once he got down the hill to stop the bus, you know. I'm just glad you didn't end up in the ocean. Lights were out with us. I mean, oh, really? yeah, Danny and them were op- our opening act on that bill, yeah. you know. I slept through the whole thing. I woke up, everybody was like white. You know, their faces, I walked up there. How's everybody doing, man? <laughs> <laughs> and and you actually did. White faces, and everybody was like, oh, 
cops were really amazed. This bus driver, somehow he didn't hit any people. He tore up all kinds of parked cars. He was trying to hit stuff, stop the bus. Oh, okay. But he didn't hit, I don't know how, you know, God's grace, whatever, he didn't hit anybody. There was people everywhere, you know. It was 536 o'clock, downtown San Francisco, top of California Street. Mm. Pretty frightening event. Yeah, also, there's some, some stories of y'all getting booed. It was our first uh, real big show in England, and uh, we were unknown at the time. We were opening for Status Quo, which is their gigantic band, yeah. stadium rock band in, in Europe. It was supposed to be one of their last tours, one of their last days, you know. So, But anyway, they have a tradition of the crowd trashing opening bands. I mean, literally trashing with trash. Well, we didn't you know. think about it. When we went on stage, all of their gear was covered in plastic, and it never crossed our mind, <laughs> why is their gear covered in plastic, you know? It was one of those great sort of you know band of brothers moments, I and mean, we just we just sucked it up. We were throwing stuff back at him, and we actually got a lot of great publicity off that gig because Gary Glitter went on and refused to play. No, went on, played a song or two, and walked off. Marillion didn't play, just refused to go on. So we actually went on and did our thirty minutes. You know, Jason started throwing stuff back, and we got a lot of great publicity. I don't know how good a show it was, but, <laughs> but we we toughed it out and got a lot of wonderful publicity out of it because we didn't turn tail and run. And I read that. I said, I can see Jason doing that. And that's another one of those things. You know, we were young kids. It was a football stadium full of people. You know, we didn't. They're just going to love us. We never thought. What would they, you know, they're just going to hear our music and think we're the greatest thing in the world. You know, but you always think when you have a we band on, we hadn't even been introduced and i got hit with a tomato and a banana you know it's like where what how did they get this stuff in here did they bring <laughs> stuff to the show to throw they sell it in the concessions well you guys are known for being very athletic on stage i know in the course of 29 years or so <laughs> there must have been some events that occurred on stage that might have been embarrassing for you like uh Pratt Falls, basically. Or. The weird thing I think about it all the time, as active as Jason is on stage, I always kind of know mostly where it's Jason time and where, you know, I mean, we've never really had any, oh, my God, we just about killed each other, you know. I have my favorite moment, though, speaking of that. Warner used to jump off the risers real high in the air. It was usually quite accurate where he landed, and we were on a, like, it was a big stage, 10-foot stage, but this one time he overshot it, and he went flying off the stage <laughs> and, and of course landed and tumbled off the stage it was the, the god awful worst sound you ever heard because the guitar was still on go, ring, 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 ring. <laughs> oh, it was horrible I do remember that was like everything went into slow motion and it was like oh no <laughs> it didn't get hurt he walked right back on stage what's some of the craziest stuff you ever saw happening out in the crowd that might have not distracted you but got your attention we played that, that Newport place we played the other night, which is right across the river, Newport, Kentucky, from Cincinnati. We used to play a place called Bogarts in Cincinnati. Oh, yeah, this guy hit this girl full face, and I pulled my guitar off. I was going to cock him with the guitar, <laughs> and she reached into her jacket, pulled out a taser, and hit him, and he just went flying and hit the wall and started doing the shaking oh, thing. And then she ran over and hit him five or six <laughs> more times with it. I just put the guitar back on. It's like, she don't need my help. Oh, you know, She's no. got it pretty much sorted out. <laughs> Crazy stuff used to happen. It doesn't seem to happen as much now, which is a good thing. My, my craziest thing was actually with Farmer Jason. I did a little show in Chicago or something, an outdoor show. You know, it was a little three-year-old girl just decided it was time to do her business right in front of the stage. <laughs> oh, boy. A little potty training. And uh, she just, you know, thought she'd train right there. Her parents are gone because they sort of think that, 
you know, I'm the babysitter, I guess. Yeah, you know. Farmer Jason. You it was one of those moments like, what exactly do I do here? <laughs> like, how do I handle Nothing in my training, like, prepared me for what to do with this. You know, 30 years in the business, 5,000 shows. Of, of, rock, of rock and roll. I, like, I just, just, what do you do? I have a clue what to do. You know, so you sort of ignored it and everything just went on, you know. <laughs> All you can do, man. Hey, it'd be a good idea not to step there because that's how cows do it, too. <laughs> there you go. Now, you've seen the mud and you've seen the hogs sloshing it. Let's not try that. Let's not do that here. That's right, Mike. A very good way to put it. You've been on the road. You're still packing the clubs? We've been doing all right. It's, all, it's okay. It's a weird thing. It's been a long time since we played America. Yeah. It's Last night was kind of a frightening thing. When the opening band went on, there was nobody in the place, and it was like, oh, no, this is yeah. going to be horrible. But when we went on, it was fine. Everybody came to see us. It was cool. So. Oh, yeah. All right. You played clubs. You played stadiums. You played all kinds of places. What's your favorite places to play? Anywhere it's got electricity. National shows are always real good, I have to say. Yeah. There's always an excitement about national shows. Any other cities that you know kind of stand out for you guys? London's always really good. Helsinki, Helsinki Finland's good. Oh, really? Yeah. Finland? Yeah. That's, that's Helsinki, amazing. Finland's a rock and roll town, dude. Oh. Well, guys, I know y'all, you got to get ready here. Thank you. Jason Warner from Jason and the Scorchers. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Been a pleasure. Thank you. We're waiting for Jason and the Scorchers to take the stage. It's starting to get filled up in here, and it's going to be a fun night. Now I'm in the middle of the crowd. James is on one side of the stage. Brian's on the other side of the stage. They both have the cameras ready, cocked and aimed. Looks like here they come. Comes Al out grabbing his bass. Here's Warner grabbing his guitar. Yes! Drummer goes back. And here comes a fun night of rock and roll. And Jason! We just returned from the Jason and the Scorchers concert, and I'm a little hoarse. Jason and the Scorchers, as you heard, hit the stage with a new song from their CD. And one of my favorite songs, probably my favorite song, off the CD called Mona Lee. Mona Lee, Mona Lee, we've been down this road before. Are your demons keeping score or keeping time? Mona Lee, Mona Lee, there is no place I'd rather be. They're waiting on you, waiting on a sign. Bring it on, Mona Lee. They didn't waste any time coming back around as they continued with Shop It Around. as they came right into the old Bob Dylan song redid by Jason and the Scorcher. Absolutely sweet Marie. Well, you're a you know I just can't jump it. Sometimes it gets so, so hard to say. I'm just a sitting here, beating on my trumpet. With all these promises you've left for me. Time for Jason to say hello to the Nashville crowd. 
So this is the first Jason and the Scorchers United States tour since 1998. Anyway, the reason that we're out touring now is because we have a brand new record out called Halcyon Time. How many of y'all have it? How many folks have it? song to sing on around here. This is called Land of the Free. Continued with a new record as they pulled off Golden Days. These are golden days. Blue skies light my way. God bless, God save golden days. Now it was time to have a little fun. They brought out a very special guest tonight. Stacy Collins. Wife of bass player Al Collins. And a very good artist in herself. She has, uh, I think she has two or three CDs out, one coming on the way. What an entertainer. I don't know what you would compare her with, but man, she's energetic, isn't she? Well, I consider she was all over the stage. She played harmonica. She belted out all her songs. I'd say she was fairly competent on stage, yeah. We're going to have some live clips from what she did, because she started off by doing a, and actually a Jason the Scorcher song, 200 Proof Lovin'. is actually also the bass player and band leader for the, the Stacey Collins band. He's also Stacey Collins' husband as well. So um, right before the show, actually, Al got a call on his, one of them cell phone things he's got. And, and uh, it was actually Stacey calling up and said, Hey, Stacey, I'm in town. And I was just kind of passing by the Mercy Lounge. I thought maybe I'd come back and maybe sing a song or two with you guys. So if you guys give her a big round of applause, maybe we can get Stacey Collins up here to sing with us. Uh, Stacey Collins just walked out on stage. This is nice. Hello. So uh, since I just happen to be in the neighborhood tonight, I just happen to know Jason and the Scorcher's song. And, and, and uh, it's a really good one, too. Which one is it? I think it's the one that you wrote. Well, I think it's with a friend of mine, Richard Fagan, who's actually here tonight. So you'll enjoy seeing it. Awesome. You're going to look a lot better than me singing that one. Let's give credit where credit's due.
set with the next song called My Baby Sister. What do y'all think about Miss Stacy Cullen? Woo! Oh, have mercy if y'all ain't even heard of harmonica yet. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's a real honor to be up here on stage with these boys. I consider these guys my musical brothers. Yeah. We've been on the road. This will be a three-week tour when we're done, and I'm so great to know that good rock and roll is still being made today. She also co-wrote with Warner Hodges, Hey Mister. Hey, y'all. It's my last song. It's a new record I've been working on called Sometimes You Got It. going to be released November 18th here in Nashville. And my friend Mr. Warner Hodges wrote this song with me. It's called Hey Mister. Stacy left the stage, and when he came out, he continued into some more new songs. Here's another one called Twain Town Blues. He's got the Twain Town Blues, the Twain Town Blues. You won't read about it in the Music City News. It's not a dream to Johnny that he was still alive. Do not he'll kill a six-pack just to watch it die. And I couldn't. 
tell for the life of me what that song was about. Or what town they were talking about. Could y'all? Uh-uh. <laughs> Chicago, maybe? L.A.? Twang. Uh, I, I figured somewhere around Birmingham or something. Oh, yeah, you think so? I guess. I <laughs> Jason told a story about the plastic that we used to put in stores that actually were called record stores where people came and purchased them Body. with what? Money. <laughs> he says, I, I know it's going to be hard to believe, but in old times, in ancient times, <laughs> they used to do this. Yeah. Let's listen to the story. Evidently, some of you don't know what an LP is. <laughs> oh, that's, that's cool. That's great. Sorry, sorry. Let me tell you a little bit about these things called LPs, my friends. Back in the ancient times, back in the olden days, we had these things that were called LPs. All right? Now, what these LPs were, were these round pieces of vinyl plastic. All right? Now, what we would do back in the olden times, back in the ancient days, is we would write a bunch of songs, all right? Then we'd work them up, we'd real hard on them, we'd save up our money. Then we would go to a place that was called, in those days, a recording studio, all right? I know, you've never heard of recording studios, they don't exist anymore. Everybody records their CDs and stuff on, you know, in their bedrooms on computers. Back in those days, recording a record was a major event in your life. You had to work really hard to save up your money to do this. You go to record these songs, and they were recorded, believe it or not, you're not going to believe this, but they were recorded on these giant reels of tape, okay? Then, you take these tapes to a local guy called a master, okay? And you take these tapes and give you an acetate of this, of these tapes. Now, follow me here, okay? This is going to get harder to understand as I go, but try to follow with me, try to stay with me. We would take these acetates, okay? And they would play them into these giant machines that were spinning around with these round pieces of vinyl plastic. And they would carve, believe it or not, they would carve grooves into these vinyl plastic pieces. And that would represent your music. Okay, then, you take these round pieces of vinyl plastic, we would stick them in a thing called a record cover. Alright? Now, right, record cover. Now, these record covers look really cool. They had this, you know, picture of the band on the front. You know, all kinds of notes about how the songs were recorded, who wrote them, and stuff. Really cool to kind of sit there and look at. So now, you got the record made, you got the record stuck in this record cover, and this is where the story gets really, really extreme, and I know some of you are flat out not going to believe me. Okay? What we would do, we would take these records to a thing that was called in those days, in the ancient times, in the olden days, a record store! Right, a record store! Now these record stores were really cool places, folks, alright? They were really kind of funky, kind of smelled kind of weird, old posters on the wall. This is where the story is completely and totally unbelievable. What you would do back in the olden days, back in the ancient times, you would actually
that was funny. Yeah, I really liked his uh, his enthusiasm with that. His animation was really good. Kind of reminds you of a preacher up there talking. You know he was preaching then. Uh-huh. <laughs> then they went right into Harvest Moon. But y'all, but I was right in front of Warner, and that boy was sweating his ears off. He was he was earning his money. He dropped five pounds tonight. I guarantee it. And slinging the guitar around his neck, around his shoulders. He was scaring me every time he slung that. Thing. I was going. Yeah. You were ducking, weren't you? Uh, yeah, I was ducking, man. And I showed James. I said, "You see how close he came to me?" I said, "Yeah." He was about four inches from my face with his guitar. I thought he was going to go ahead and hit me, get it over, get it over with out of the way. And knock you out and say, all right, who's next? Come on up to the stage. Well, Brian, well, you were right up next to the stage, right in front of him, weren't oh, you? Yeah. They continued the show with another song that probably barely missed Brian with the guitar called I Can't Help Myself. Well, I know excuse. What can I say? I just stumble when you walk my way. I can't help myself. I can't help myself. I can't help myself when I help myself to you. They did bring out something of a special guest, Mr. Dan Baird from the Georgia Satellites and Homemade Sin. They did a little song, When Did It Get So Easy? When did it get so easy to lie to me? You use me like a rented mule, but what kind of fool can this poor boy possibly be? And they continued with another song, Getting Nowhere Fast. We're getting nowhere fast and we're faster than we've ever been. We're getting nowhere fast with the pedal to the metal again. But I want to get someplace sometime and we don't care where or when. We're getting nowhere fast with feeling. We're getting nowhere fast, believe it. We're getting nowhere fast and we ain't slowing down again. This is the time they took a break, and I wasn't expecting this. They took a 20-minute break, come back all fresh. Well, I don't know about how clean they're going to be, but they're going to be fresh. I think it was shower time, man, because well, they were working it on stage, I can tell you that. And during the break, while Brian and James left me, I decided to go backstage. And here's a little talk I had with Stacy Collins. Hey, Stacy, say hi to Mike Arnold. Mike Arnold. Hey, yeah, hey, I'm Mike Arnold from hi. Concert Blast. How are you? Good, how are you? Man, you were sweating getting it up there, weren't you? Come on now. I ain't had much time. I had to get right down to business. It's like you were auditioning out there. Were you auditioning out no, there? No, I'm for just all doing the... what I do. That's just, uh, I that's what? just what I do. You must not have an ounce of fat on you anywhere. <laughs> You are getting down out hey, there. I'll just let you think whatever you think. <laughs> oh well, uh, yeah, listen to yourself next you week. You were doing that? The, did you record me? Yes, I did. You did? Yeah. I need all the help I can well, get. I'll tell you what, you are getting down out there. I Thank really you. appreciate it. Thank you. You know, when I listened to your stuff over the website, I said, that's a mixture between Lucinda Williams and Gretchen Wilson. Mm. <laughs> and I said, that's you. Wow. Yeah. 
But you tonight, it's above Gretchen. I mean, it's just rocking. It's way rocking. Upon first look, I mean, it's easy to get us confused because we're both country and both long hair. And And both rock, too. Yeah, yeah, she rocks. But beyond that, once I start breaking out their harmonica, since she doesn't really play harp, I have something that's different than other girls that I run in the same circles with. (laughs) Well, Stacey, it was great talking to you. And you can play play at harmonica, man. Thank you. Thank you. I'm trying. I'm I'm a harmonica owner at this point. I, I aspire to learn how to play it. One of these days. Well, all right. Well, take care of yourself. Thank Thanks you. for talking Thank to me. You. It was nice talking to you too. Well, all right. We we didn't desert you. We were leaving you to contemplate the evening. <laughs> James goes, "Here's my bag. I'll be right back." Oh, he left you with his. <laughs> and twenty minutes later, I'm going. I'm just taking his bag. I don't care where he's going to have to look. But we found each other afterwards. I was looking for you for ten minutes. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't leave my spot. Oh, man, that's a crying shame. I'd have bought my CD sooner if I knew you actually were talking to Stacy. And I uh, talked to Jason backstage during his resting. He goes, well, Mike, what do you think? Uh, you having a good time? And I said, of course I am. And you look like you're having a good time, too. And he goes, yes, I am. <laughs> when they did come back from their break, they went into both sides of the line. Bottle of gin, will be back again to fight another day. But she said black. They continue their show with an old favorite, Lost Highway. I was just a lad, barely 22, not neither good nor bad, just a kid like you, but now I'm lost, too late to play, I'm just another guy, out on the Lost Highway. They went into another new song called Beat on the Mountain. I beat on the mountain With a hammer keeping time Way down in the dungeon Where the sun don't shine Down in the heart of the darkness You can hear my hammer ring I beat on the mountain But the mountain don't say a thing they went into an old favorite, the Bible and the gun. Jason said he wrote that song actually with Steve Earle back in 1988 when he was six years old, right? Yeah. yeah that's when the first time I saw him. <laughs> You were six years old? Uh, I was actually, I'm a little older, Jason, than them. I'm eight. <laughs> but Warner made a point, oh, I must have been five. And Jason said, yeah, he always makes a point to let everybody know that I'm older than he is. Then they rocked the crowd with Last Time Around. They continued the show with another one from the new CD, Mother of Greed. Another hopeful, a frightened man, my granddad lost in all of them. Up on the bridge, the owner stands just taking his morning air. 
He said, here's another new one. And this was a rocker. Got it going on. Now that's a punk song if I ever heard one. And what did Warner say? He says, I haven't seen punk like that since I saw the Ramones at the old Exit Inn. And that was a good time. Yeah, that's a flashback for me, I tell you. <laughs> we were there, weren't we? Oh, yeah, we were there. Breaking ashtrays over everybody's head. And... Oh, and you can read about that story in Concert Blast Experiences. <laughs> yada, 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 yada. <laughs> they continued the show with another old favorite. Pray for me, Mama. I'm a gypsy now. Ten lonely years, how my heart still remembers. Pray for me, Mama. I'm a gypsy now. Dan Baird came back on stage. Dan, Warner, and Ginger from the Wild Hearts wrote this song called Days of Wine and Roses. And I know I should know better than I do Cause I guess I always loved you better than the truth Well the days of wine and roses they are long dead and gone Carry on Carry this next song is from the new CD, too, and it's one that actually Warner sings, and it's also one that Warner stole a riff from Dan Baird from. Well, he stole his T-shirt, too. He had a Dan Baird T-shirt on. What do you expect? Oh, yeah, with Homemade Sin. Oh, okay, that was it. Yeah, because Warner's in that band, so that's okay. Well, I guess so, but it had Dan's name on it. It did have Dan's name on it, didn't it? <laughs> they went into the song, Better Than This. Dream it all Dreams are nothing Yeah, he said when he recorded this song, he showed Dan this riff that he had, and Dan just smiled at him. He didn't say a word, even though Dan knew that he wrote it. He said, well, if I stole it, he can be part of the writer, I guess. That went into an old song from uh, Roger McQuinn and Graham Parsons called Drugstore Truck Driving Man. a surprise for Brian. They decided to call an audible. Messed me up. I was all prepared not to hear it, then I heard it. <laughs> what was that? Golden Ball and Chain. You said I'm sorry, but it's all a waste. Not a whole meal, just a Wednesday. Now there's nothing left to fight again. Another night, another 
Golden Ball of Chain came another big classic. A classic of the classics for the Jason and the Scorcher fans. Broken Whiskey Glass. But I can't go on living in your broken whiskey glass. Someday you'll find an appetite that reads your lies, Jason. Strangled by love. Now listen to the live portion of Broken Whiskey Glass from this show. fun now, wasn't it? As Tom, who's not here, would say, crowd was jumping, man. <laughs> they continue the last song of their set with Moonshine Guy. And he yells, and he roars, loves the stars, hates the doors, thinks the Beatles, sing the girls. He's a moonshine guy in a six-pack world. He's a moonshine guy in a six-pack world. They left the stage and listen to the crowd. Jason and the Scorchers leaving the stage saying goodnight after set number two. And this crowd's not going to let them get off the hook that easy because I know they're going to come back on the stage for an encore or two. As you hear them is packed about well the capacity is 500 and it's got to be 500 or more and Jason just ran out on the stage here comes Al Warner the rest of them
Little Sisters for being such a good help today on Volunteers again. All right, this goes back to Thunder and Fire. This is a song that I did Jeff. It's his birthday today. This is a song I wrote with Don Schlitz, a great, great national songwriter. He was kind enough to say after he wrote this song, he said, Jason, I like writing with you because I don't have to worry about being commercial. This next song, Help, There's a Fire. With their signature song, White Lies. Don't you waste your time with your alibis. Because your heart can't hide what I see in your eyes. You're telling white lies. You're telling white lies. Look, I can see right through that thin disguise. Can you tell? I can tell when you're telling white lies. I like the red satin and the fringe all around, man. That was me. I love his shirts that he wears on stage. That's just, I just love that. I've never seen them before. This is my first time seeing them. Warner and Jason has a very high energy level, and it was just a, a very good rock and roll show. Well, y'all wasn't out front during the last part, but during that last part, they were slam dancing. There were people that were getting mad and getting hurt mm-hmm. because we're a lot older than we used That's to be. Right. But, uh, I mean, there were some women getting hurt. That's what I'm talking about. James and I were back a few people. We could see getting kind of rowdy up front, but we, you know, we were in the back and we uh, didn't care. Yeah, you were comfortable, weren't you? <laughs> oh, boy. But we were jumping down front. You jumping? <laughs> At one time, we were jumping because there was a lot of pogo dancing going on, you know? That's different, man. That's a whole lot different from slam dancing. <laughs> yeah, man. But if I was to rate this show overall, I'd have to say some... I love their performance, their live performance. But I will have to say, for the night, they just play too many new songs. What I love about something like that is they got new songs. You got bands that have been around like Jason Scorchers in some configuration or other for almost 30 years. I think it's great that they still put out new stuff. And they did two sets, so it's like they didn't leave much out. They left probably a song or two that I wanted to hear. I really enjoyed the night, and I will give them a 9.0. Like I said, you had about, what, about a 20, 25-minute break in the middle of it. But basically, they started about 9.30, 9.45, and they didn't wrap it up till about 12.45. You got your money's worth. You definitely did. You actually got a little bit of feel for, like, three acts with Dan Baird in there and uh, Stacy in there. You had several acts intermingled. I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought the set list was wonderful. They shocked, surprised, and made me very happy with Golden Ball and Chain because I wasn't expecting it because that printout that you had that was wrong. <laughs> but I'd give it a very high rating. I'd give it about a 9.6. Wow, that's good. How about you, James? I'll give it a 9.3. I thought the set was a little long, but, I mean, that's not a bad thing. But We can get tired, though. 
Yes, yes. <laughs> well, I got I got to admit. It's the first time I ever thought, man, this is running a little long tonight, ain't it? <laughs> I've never said that in a show. Uh, you know, I've, I've talked to people who said they didn't like Bruce Springsteen because he plays for three hours, and I just don't have the energy to last that long in a show. Tonight was three hours. No, but it was a great show. Like I said, it was a little long, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the time with uh, Warner and Jason, and I thank you so much for speaking to us. And I love seeing those guys back on the road, back with a new, another CD, and I hope they sell a million of them. I just, I think they deserve to be up there. Did y'all know a couple of years ago that they were nominated and no, were, they won? They won Americana a Music Award for the Man. Lifetime Achievement Award for one of the best performing live acts. They were awarded that, yes, awarded yeah. two thousand eight. Yeah. Awarded it. Well, I definitely go see them again. Any closing comments? I'm good, man. Me too. All right. Just remember, I have a book out there for sale, Concert Blast Experiences. It helps us pay our bills. Also, you might see some other uh, ads on ConcertBlast.com. Don't forget to send us an email. Tell us what you think about our shows, ConcertBlast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook individually, Brian J. Hasbrook. I can't help it. When I signed up, I threw the J out there. James Downing, Tom Thompson, who's not with us. He's out of town. And then there's me, Mike Arnold. So get on Facebook, be our friends. We also have Concert Blast, like us. Well, they used to be become a fan of Facebook, but now it's the like button. Like Concert Blast, you'll know all about us. When we go to shows, we always update everybody on what's going on. So, this is Mike signing off. This is Brian signing off. This is James signing off. Until next time, God bless you. I want to thank you for letting me be myself again. That I can get it. My voice is too rough right now. <laughs>